Welcome in, fans, to the Utah Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Haslam. The guest today is assistant coach Marcus Holman. Welcome to the show, coach. How are you? What's going on, Tim? I'm, I'm fired up to be uh, your guest today, so excited to talk some lacrosse and everything else. Plenty, uh, plenty of lacrosse talk coming your way, so let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's jump into it. Let's talk about uh, the current team. You know, obviously, this is Utah Lacrosse podcast, and we talk about the youth. Tell me, uh, tell me your overall thoughts. Two games in the season, you know, a win over Bellarmine, a, a loss to Lehigh last week. Kind of, what are your thoughts looking back on those two games? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a good start to the year. You know, yeah, sitting at one and one, like you said. Um, I thought we we played some pretty good lacrosse in, in week one against. Uh, Bellerman, and then um, you know we weren't able to sustain that level um, against Lehigh. And um, if you look at the scores, they're almost you know flip flopped from from game one to game two. Um, and again, credit you know credit to Lehigh, who's who's a, a good program, and, and they've had success before, and, and they were able to capitalize on on a lot of the mistakes that we made. So um, we had a good film session on, on Monday with the team, and I think they they felt that. Um, you know, we didn't play up, up to the standards of, of Utah lacrosse and we're working our way back to, for game number three in a big, big Western, uh, you know, mountain shootout against, against a good Air Force team. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to, uh, being a lifelong University of Utah fan to see an Air Force team come in here. You know, yeah. Air Force has been, been conference affiliates with Utah, you know, in the old Mountain West and in the WAC. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's super fired up to have them come in. Obviously, you know, there's a local tie with, with Brandon Dodd, their attackman being from Logan. So should be a should be a great game. What what are you expecting to see out of the Falcons? Yeah, definitely. You know, we're 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 ready for a scrap. Um, you know, we we were lucky enough to go into Air Force last year. I think one of the coldest games of the year that we had and, and pulled out a six five win. Um so I know, you know, those guys are going to be hungry to come in here and, and avenge, you know, a loss to, to at the time was was a first year program. So um, they've also been battle tested in, in our first two weeks here. They played at Duke and, and pulled a big upset and then um, played Denver last week. So, um, you know, they they've been competing against perennial um, national champions and, and we're going to be ready for for whatever they throw at us and um you know, whoever that may be, you know, we're, we're, we're ready for whatever. We just, I think our guys are, like I said, excited to, to get back to playing Utah lacrosse, you know, executing the details, um, you know, and, and playing a little bit smarter. I think we've been playing hard the first two weeks, but um, just, just working our way through some, some mental mistakes at times. So I'm excited. <laughs> uh, walk, walk the fans through kind of what a, a typical game week looks like, you know, starting even with, with last Saturday. So, you know, last Saturday you get on the, get on the bus, go to the airport, fly home, you know, what is, what does each day look like leading up to the game? Definitely. Yeah. And, and some of these weekends going, going back to the East, um, we've altered our, our travel plans to try and get home on Saturday night as best as we can, um, which obviously gives us a, a, a day of um, recovery on Sunday um, for the coaches. That's, breaking down the film of our previous game and, and potentially even diving into our next opponent. Um, and then we'll, we'll recap that game in a Monday film session with, with our full team. Uh, and then Monday's practices are, you know, addressing and correcting the, the mistakes that we saw 
in in our previous game. So, um, you know, with without getting into too much detail, Mondays are about us, um, and then Tuesdays we'll, we'll start to to get um, lightly into into our upcoming opponent. Um, not not too heavy on them. Still ironing some things out from um, from the previous game, and then as the week kind of goes on, we, we'll get more into the scout. Um, our Wednesday night meeting is, is when we'll go through the, the scouting report as a full team. And then, um, you know, again, reviewing it on Thursday and then by Friday, pretty much everything's set in place. And, and Friday is just quick review and then trying to keep those guys um, light and, and engaged um, in everything that we're doing. So uh, it's fun. You know, I, I think personally, as, as a coach, I've I've uh, committed more to just trying to be as prepared as I can as a coach, you know, um, with, with the team that we're playing on the upcoming weekend, um, you know, and, and sometimes that, that you try, you want to try and get your, your point across to your players as much as you can about the team that you're playing. Um, but sometimes you kind of have to pick and choose what you talk to them about, right? Because you don't want to completely, weigh them down with information so that they forget what they're doing on the field because information overload is, is a real thing. So um, it's a fun balance as a coach, um, you know, scouting and, and getting ready for, for the next opponent, which in this case is a good Air Force team. Sure. Yeah. You know, your, your dad talked about it a lot, Coach Holman, uh, in the first podcast, your exact point, you know, don't want to overload the guys and, and hopefully the things that you've done in the fall, you know, can maybe just be tweaked a little bit to, you know, yeah. be ready for that next opponent. Exactly. Um, you know, you want to stay, com- you want to stay committed to your, your core, um, your core principles as, as a team and a program. And I, th- I think we do a pretty good job of that. Um, but obviously, you know, you want, you want your guys to be comfortable and, and prepped for, um, you know, whatever, you know, if, if a team has glaring tendencies, you want to let your guys know as best as you can with that. Um, talking about, you know, kind of the offensive end of the field, which is, you know, definitely one of your specialties. What, what are some offensive like rules or, you know, absolutes that, that the team has? Definitely. Yeah. We, you know, we, um, we try to make it very clear in the fall. Um, what, what are, we have our, our program absolutes, um, as an offensive player and, and coach Manny and I, um, came up with those when we started coaching together and we've, we've actually tweaked them pretty much every year that we've been together. Um, you know, and, and as an attackman, there's four bullet points as a midfielder, there's four bullet points. And then as a, as a unit together, um, you know, we have four bullet points. So, you know, on the whole, it's, it's, it's reviewing those, it's staying committed to those, um, you know, without, like I said, being weighed down by scouting reports and, and, you know, you want to just, try to keep it as simple for the guys as you can, especially on a team where, you know, half of our team is, is still first year collegiate players. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever those guys are, if, if you're struggling with, with two or three days of practice in a row, Hey, you know, have you re- reviewed your absolutes? Have you committed to, to as a midfielder setting a great pick um, every time you're in a drill, have you committed to, to passing the ball through X when it needs to get, through X as a midfielder, you know, as an, as a freshman attackman, are you riding and picking up ground balls consistently? You know, are you turning the corner uh, and, and finishing the ball in the back of the net? So um, I think it's, it, 
it's used as a guideline, obviously, for us to evaluate our guys in practice. Um, and it, it's helpful for our players if, if, like I said, if they're in a rut, they can just go back and, hey, you know, hey, I, I haven't been doing this very well lately. Well, I'm going to try and improve in that area. So, um, like I said, you know, having it there, um, those are the those are the outlines we're going to use for if we put guys on the field or not, as Utah lacrosse players. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, it's something that they're they're expected to know right up front, and then it's something you can fall back on as a foundation if if things are starting to go sideways. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, we had a couple of questions from social media, which I usually do later, but but this one actually applies pretty well. Uh, the question came in: Has the PLL changed or influenced your coaching at all? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think um, I wouldn't say too much. I would say um, s- slightly. In in a in a way, we have one kind of offensive. Um, set that we have which is um a midfielder coming onto the field and and initiating from from a long dodge we call it like from up top so like the last midfielder sub on is going to be our initiating dodger um and i think that's something that again coach manny and i have just picked up from playing professional across now for for seven years with a shorter shot clock right it was it's 60 seconds in the mll it's 52 in the pll you really don't have time to to spin the ball once or twice around the perimeter, you know, how, how kind of old school lacrosse be, Hey, spin it around here two or three times, get everybody a touch and then we'll play offense. Well, in, in the professional leagues, it's almost every time the last midfielder on is, is the guy initiating the offense. So um, in a way, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely influenced it. And then I think on the whole, you see the influence that it's had on, on college lacrosse now with, with the crease dive being, alive and being legal um even though they've they've tweaked it a little bit this year but um i think that's a cool addition that um you know professional lacrosse has had since you know the, the 2000s that that college has now so i think that's pretty cool for sure uh anything else you want to talk about when it comes to utah no, it's just uh, you know I'm 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 grateful every day for our, our coaching staff and our players. Um, you know, it's like I, I I said before. I think you're you're surrounded by um, you know you're you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You know, and and three of those five are are Adam Gittleman, Will Manny, and and Brian Holman. And um, you know, those guys push me to be a better coach, and um, they push me to 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 be a better player too. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I can't, can't be grateful enough for, for those guys and, um, you know, the, the influence that they have on me as a person and, and a coach. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Obviously I've been fortunate enough to spend time with you guys and, and, uh, you know, well said pretty much, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a treat whenever, um, I'm able to come up to practice or, or be on the bus, but, um, switching over to kind of the general lacrosse section. Let's talk a little bit about the PLL. What, you know, what, what are your, your year one takeaways? You know, we're a little removed from the final game, but you know, as you reflect back on the season, what are some of the highs and lows that come to mind? Um, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking back to what I said actually too. And pops, if you're listening, uh, you know, a raise wouldn't hurt. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like you said, you know, kind of moving in, into the PLL, um, 
I'm, I'm really excited for year two. I, you know, talking with um, the other captains of, of our archers program, which are Tom Schreiber and Scott Ratliff, you know, Scott made a great point, you know, probably three quarters through the season last year, he was like, okay, I like, I finally have a hang of, of how these games work. Um, because truthfully the, the shot clock being shorter, the field being smaller, um, the, the refereeing being a little bit looser. And when I say looser, I mean, letting, letting calls go, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, a, it was more of an adjustment, I think, than, than guys thought it would be, uh, which, which posed challenge, I think, um, challenges to, to every player and, and, and every team in the league. Um, and I thought we, we as a team were playing some good lacrosse at the end of the year. Um, obviously, the, the playoff game against the Redwoods, you know, Tom, Tom goes down at the end of the first quarter. Um, and, and our team, you know, we rallied. We rallied and we scrapped, um, you know, but, but I think we, were, we fell a little bit short there. And our season as a whole, we, you know, we were pretty much in every game. And, you know, our string of, of one-goal losses was, <laughs> was, was really tough. Um, so just just trying to work through some of those things with with the leaders on our team and, and how we can be better, um, because everyone in the PLL is so talented. Uh, the margin of error, you know, if you want to win a game is, is just razor thin. So, um, you know, it comes down to four or five plays that you either make or you don't make. And, uh, you know, hopefully this summer we're, we're going to make those plays. Yeah, you know, just announced today that uh, the PLL is going to Minnesota. You ever been to Minnesota? You excited to play there? Yes, I have. So actually a couple of years ago, um, back in, in the olden days when <laughs> in the MLL, they had a, they had a playoff um, semifinal in, in Minnesota. I think it was in Blaine, uh, Blaine, Minnesota. And the, the crowd was great. I think there were over 5000 people for the um, game. I've been there four or five times to run clinics. People up there absolutely love lacrosse and they're super, super friendly, nice people. Um, they've got the great Minnesota accents and, uh, you know, I think we'll get it. I think we'll get a great, great turnout. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for that weekend. Well, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the questions that came in talked about the PLL coming to Salt Lake city. Uh, you know, do you, do you foresee that being a, a spot in the future that the PLL comes to? Um, currently at the time, I'm not allowed to discuss, uh, um, foreseeable <laughs> Future events out. Really? No, um, I, I really hope we, we can make it work. I think we have a tremendous growing lacrosse community out here in, in Salt Lake City and, and in the state of Utah on the whole. Um, and I think allowing um, those fans to, to see in person how fast uh, and, and how awesome the athletes are in the PLL would, would really and hopefully inspire, you know, a, a fifth or sixth grader. Wow. You know, I want to be a professional lacrosse player one day, um, you know, and, and maybe 10 to 15 years from now, that, that kid's signing a million dollar contract to be a professional lacrosse player. So um, as you know, and, and you've been involved in, in the community out here forever, it, it's been, it's been a big part of, of our transition and move out here is to get involved as much as we can. And, and, you know, and work with those kids and make them better lacrosse players. So, you know, there, there are three or four kids every year going to play division one from Utah. And then, like you said, 10 years from now, hopefully there's 10 or 11 kids going to play division one every single year. So um, I'm, I'm really hoping they can make it work. You know, I, that's above my pay grade, but I, I hope they can <laughs> make it work. 
Yeah, certainly be exciting, you know, even uh, to see it all in person. But even if it doesn't end up coming here, it's still a great product on TV, obviously, with the contract and the production quality and all that. So I I think it's a win-win either way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) you know, uh, again, when, when, you know, Mike and Paul Rabel kind of were were making their rounds, I think, two years ago at this point um, and reaching out to guys, um, you know, we, we really did, we, we trusted them and, and their vision and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for Paul. Um, we have, we have a good, good relationship. We played a couple of times on, on team USA together and, um, you know, he, he really is working hard to, to make lacrosse, um, bigger at the professional level and, and more accessible. And you mentioned the, the television quality, man, like it, it was hard to look away if, if a, you know, a sports game, if, if a game, a PLL game is on at the bar or, or somebody flips it on at their house, you know, it's the quality um, it, it was incredible. And I think it's, it's hard to argue against that. And hopefully we can just continue to push the limits of, um, of professional lacrosse on, on a national and, and international scale. What's a, what does an average PLL weekend look like? You know, what, what are, what days are you flying out? You know, are, is all the teams staying together? Do you ever, do you ever meet as a league, anything like that? You know, just kind of walk us through what a typical PLL weekend looks like. Yeah. So training camp was just announced. Training camp will be in the middle of May. Um, I think it's a, that'll be a four day event down at, at IMG Academy, which, which is awesome. Um, so really, really excited for that. And then, you know, a, tip, a typical week is, is, is a lot in, you know, a 48 to 72 hour time frame. You know, you, you, you fly in um, on a Friday or, or potentially a Thursday night. Um, you'll get together with your team and practice. Um, we, we, we try to break bread together as a group, you know, put the cell phones down and, and really interact with each other um, and, and try to, as best you can, to, to develop relationships and, and create that, that sense of, of unity um, because I, I think, you know, sports are just more fun that way. And at the professional level, it's so easy to just fly in, do your own thing and then leave. Um, but, you know, guys, I think long for, uh, the commitment that they had at, at their college schools where, you know, our, for example, our Utah team has, has been together pretty much every day since like August 26th, you know, barring Christmas break. Um, so those guys are, are, brothers man they they would do anything for each other and i think guys still want that um when they play professional lacrosse so just trying to like you know cultivate that environment within your team and then that's kind of a long-winded point but um you know saturday will be a a walkthrough usually at the the stadium venue um and then you know saturday afternoon or saturday night you're playing playing your games and then um sunday usually flying back home or you know to uh, a camp event or for the, the coaches that can a recruiting event um so the summer is is very hectic for me i think i slept in my own bed between uh you know may and and august like five times last summer <laughs> yeah um, which is you know it's 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 just a cool time of the year for me you're you're traveling a lot you're, you're meeting people um you're seeing new cities you know um, like you said, Minnesota, Dallas, um, hopefully some, some, you know, awesome cities out on the West coast are, are named soon. Um, and you're really just, just eating, breathing, living lacrosse, um, which, which I love to do. So definitely rack up the miles this, 
this past year with Delta, I'm fired up. I, I got diamond status with, with Delta, um, <laughs> which, you know, hopefully includes some, some first class upgrades this, this coming sure. summer. Sure. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, talk of, you know, when the, when the PLO was forming, you know, they, they were really, uh, high on being, um, transparent and, you know, high communication, stuff like that. How often are you hearing from someone at the PLL about, you know, logistics or strategy or anything like that? Yeah. So we have a, we have a town hall um, conference call. I would say probably every, every three to four weeks um, where they, they're, like you said, they're very transparent with, with dates and scheduling, you know, obviously some of that stuff, you know, we, we wish it could be announced earlier so everyone can kind of plan their summers and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's complicated with some of the, the MLS venues, et cetera, but they're very on top of, of, you know, what they're telling us and, and, you know, keeping us involved. Um, I thought it was really cool this past fall, I think in, in October and November, I was on a, uh, you know, a marketing call for, you know, the upcoming 2020 season, Hey, you know, these are some of the catchphrases we're, we're going to try to use with, with NBC, you know, and it was me and probably seven or eight other guys that, that play, um, in the PLL. And I, I just like got off the phone call and I was like, wow, they actually like, were listening to, you know, our input as players, because, you know, we have been playing this game for, for 20 years. Like we, we kind of know what's, you know, what's, a, a good phrase or, or a weird phrase or something we don't want to see associated with the sport. So I just, I hung up the phone and I was like, dang, like they are sticking true to their word where, you know, it, Paul and Mike always said, it's going to be about the players. It's players first. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've definitely been on top of, of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, no other league is, is probably going to that extent to get feedback right. from their players. Right. I I'd that's agree. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what what are some of the changes or rules that that you kind of you know either in the PLL or in college that you know you could kind of see a change you know last year obviously it was the shot clock and the dives you know what what do you kind of think is the next spot that that the rules committee is going to look at yeah um, you know I guess, I guess it's funny like I I I thought about this a lot in regards to lacrosse like our what other sport are there so many different rules at like each level you go up, you know, like I know in basketball, right? Like the high school three point line and then the college three point line and the NBA three point line. And I know the shot clock changes and stuff like that, but you know, if, if we could just, I don't know, like just centralize the rules a little bit more, um, you know, so, so I'm not quite sure what that means. You know, does that mean, we need a two point arc in, in college lacrosse. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit closer to the goal. Um, you know, is, is, um, you know, are, are the shot clocks like, how are they, you know, compared to, to one level to the next? So, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we are making a lot of changes and I, I do think the shot clock is, is a wonderful change that should stay forever. Um, in regards to, to any level, high school, college, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it used to be called the fastest game on, on two feet, you know, and, and I think before the shot clock, there was, there was a lot of, um, you know, you know, just a lot of passing around and, and, and stalling for lack of a better word. But I, I do think that the shot clock is more exciting and, and, you know, there's, 
there's a chance if you're down four with four minutes left that, you know, you can get the ball back if you, if you pressure and, and so on. So um, maybe it's a two-point arc in, in college. I, th- I think that would be cool. I think, you know, a pull coming over the midline and, and pulling up for two um, would be something cool to see maybe at the collegiate level. Yeah, I mean, you see that now a little bit, but they're only worth one, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we want them to exactly. be worth Yeah, two. I know, but they, they, feel, they feel like they should be worth two or three. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. Nick Hatton last week. Yeah, they, they celebrate like it's five, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's right funny. On. Okay, uh, a couple more social media questions for you. What uh, When you're out recruiting a player or, you know, you're going to these recruiting tournaments, what are, what are three things that you – that if someone does, you're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I need to go talk to that kid. Definitely. Um, I just want to cover my bases here. If, if, you know, Utah Compliance is listening, just to make it clear, I'm, I'm the volunteer assistant, so I, I can't recruit. Um, I can't attend events and, and recruit players. But if I was um, sitting in a chair uh, on a 95-degree day in Baltimore and I was looking at, at players and teams – you know, what would I what would I want out of a player? Um, you know, and I, I think this is a word you've, you've heard before we've talked about with Utah lacrosse. And, and that word is toughness. Um, and, and toughness to me is not going out and, and slashing guys super hard. You know, it's, it's not truck sticking a guy on a midfield dodge. You know, toughness is, is making the right play over, over and over again. Um, it's it's being engage with your teammates you know are there times you need to show physical toughness yes it's running through a ground ball with with two hands on your stick um you know so so i look for guys that love to compete and and love to just play the game as as hard as they can um and i think that involves little things like communication and and you know nonverbal communication you know are they are they engaged um you know during halftime um, you know, li- little things like that, that you can, you can, um, pick up on, you know, obviously if, if they can't catch and throw those things really don't matter. <laughs> so, um, sure. the ability, the, the ability to, to throw sharp passes, um, on the perimeter, you know, are they thinking one step ahead? Um, you know, when the ball's on the ground, like, are they leaking upfield to try and create transition, you know? So, so part of that creative element as well, because I think the the best, um, competitors and the best best athletes are, are always trying to to you know think one step ahead um, and, and create those those little advantages. Um, I, I consider them kind of like the mini battles within within the lacrosse. You know, one game there's there's thousands of battles. Um, you know, so so those are kind of two of the things um, that that maybe I'd look for. And then you know, obviously, you know, like I think size is a piece you know is is he is he going to be able to to withstand you know a, a 6 4 220 pound defenseman from duke um but you know to be honest i i've kind of shifted my belief a little bit on that because i've seen players that you know as as brandon wilson would like to say it's it's heart over height um it's heart over height so um yeah that kind of encapsulates a little bit maybe of w- what i would look for in, in a player to recruit him. Uh, next, next question comes in, uh, I believe it was from Twitter. When, when did you realize writing as an attackman was so important? <laughs> um, maybe like two stories about that. The, the, the first one will be p- 
plain and simple, I realized it was important when I got a letter from um, Dave Petromala, who's the head coach of, of Johns Hopkins, and he straight up said, I, I loved the way that you hustled and went after ground balls and, and rode, and that's why I'm, I'm recruiting you. <laughs> so that kind of, you know, obviously, you know, flipped the switch in my mind, like, wow, okay, so this actually does really matter if, if I want to play at the next level. Um, so that would be one piece of it. And then the second piece was maybe even before that was a guy by the name of, of Michael Burnett. Um, you know, the, the legends will call him mole. He used to play at North Carolina, maybe one of the most athletic attackmen that ever played. He played in the early eighties at, at UNC. Um, and he, he would always say that as soon as the ball is on the ground or if, a defenseman picks it up or anybody on the other team picks it up in, in your offensive end, you are now a defensive player. You're, you're no longer an attackman at that point. You know, they're, you're defending your goal. That's 80 yards away. And how can you keep your guy as, as far away from that goal or make it as tough as, as possible for him to get closer to the goal um, when you're you're 60, 70, 80 yards away, you know, and I, and I think that attackmen that just think that they can just score goals and and throw nice feeds and and you know finish in transition, that's that's not that's not a, a full uh, part of of the job description in my mind. You know, we talked about our absolutes, right? An absolute for an attackman at at Utah is is riding in ground balls. Um, if you're not doing those things, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna play for us. So um, that kind of always stuck with me, you know. Like I, I I'm I'm a close defender when the ball's on the ground. I'm just further away from the goal and I don't have a long stick, you know. I, I that's how that's how I kind of picture it in my mind, and I think that maybe led to, to some of the tenacity that you know I've I've had um, when it comes to ground balls or riding um, in my playing career. Sure. Um. Next question: What uh, what are some of your personal goals for the season? Whether it's the PLL or or coaching the youth this season? Yeah, um, you know, right now I, I actually um, kind of made my list um, for for the preseason, and and they're kind of all encompassing. Um, you know, and and that again, they're you know you're never going to be perfect with with your um, intentions, but. Um, it's about doing the best you can, you know, one of them is, is I eat healthy. Um, you know, obviously that's not true hundred percent of the time, but you know, if I'm, I'm getting to 85 or 90%, um, you know, I can have some ice cream on a Sunday night to start the week off or, or some Ginya, um, some ramen as, as coach Manny would, would be fired up if, if I didn't mention that. Um, you know, this, the second one is, is I train hard and I train smart. So, um, you know, I've, I've realized now, um, shoot, how old am I going to be? And I'm going to be 29 in May. Um, you know, I can't push my body like I could when I was 21 or 22. Um, you know, and I, I know the 40 the year old and 50 year old dads out there are probably like, oh, just wait until you're my age. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that is real. I never thought it would happen to me. But, you know, so. Training hard is, is one element of it, but but training smart is, is the other element of it. You know, what what do I want to specifically improve on in my training, in my weight training, and in, in my speed work and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and then and then the third one is I improve every day. You know, and I think that's like encompassing right now 
in regards to am I improving as as a coach every day? You know, am I am I reaching out to to players on our team and and trying to you know develop those relationships a little bit better? You know, um, is there something in in the film that I'm missing that I didn't pick up on um, that that can help our team you know perform better come come game day? Um, you know, am I am I being a good brother? Am I am I being a good boyfriend? You know, am, am I being a good son? Um, you know, so just just kind of I listed those out like at, at the start of the new year and and I've tried to just stay true to them right now you know obviously I, I have goals as, as a player um, you know and, and I think that the individual ones are, are important to have but at the end of the day I, I really just want to win a championship um, with the archers you know with with guys like coach Manny and and you know hopefully coach Gittleman here as the expansion draft happens tomorrow night you know you know those guys work really hard and um you know, unfortunately, they ha- they haven't had that feeling of, of a championship at the professional level. And, and you know, I, I think about that. And, um, you know, so I just want to continue to push forward and, and just be the best version of myself this summer, you know. And, and hopefully that's a little bit better than last summer and, and you know, better than, than the one before that. So just trying to improve. Sure. Um, I, I will quick shout out to the guys from Denmark, uh, you know, when, when... <laughs> When we posted we were going to do this podcast, you know, a couple of them got on and, and said, you know, uh, hello from Copenhagen and, uh, you know, shout out from Denmark lacrosse. So those guys have been fans since day one. I remember yeah. doing live streams back in the MCLA days and those guys would tune into all of them. So shout out to those guys for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, again, just, you know, Adam Gittleman and, and Scott Ratliff, you know, co-founding the, the Give and Go Foundation, as you know, I'm sure you'll, you'll talk about that more with Adam. But, um, you know, I, I think definitely that the University of Utah has got to be the most loved international, um, you know, <laughs> the, mo- the most loved collegiate program internationally, you know, for our friends in Barcelona, you know, and our friends in, in Prague and, and, you know, Copenhagen and Denmark, like you mentioned, like I'm, I'm just so grateful, you know, to have, have extended the lacrosse community that I already love and, and care about so much here in the United States to, to, to people overseas that, you know, love the game just, just as much as we do. For sure. Okay. One, one last question from social media. This is coming from a former player. Okay. I'm sure you, you'll be able to guess it once, once I ask the question, but if it's dessert time, you know, and, and you feel like treating yourself, is it ice cream, gelato or cannolis? Wow. It's got to be Costa. Dan Costa. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Is it ice cream? Is it gelato or canola? I got to go. I think I got to just stay gelato. Um, Mm. You know, I did the gelato tour a couple summers ago in Italy. I think that went over pretty well on on social media. I didn't think it would would hit off, I think, the way that it did. But... um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm I'm just a sucker for some some frozen frozen dessert. Um, you know, we actually have introduced a, a Nielsen's call to our Utah lacrosse team. I'm not going to tell you what it means, but you know, you know, if you, you might hear the the entire team in the sideline yelling yelling Nielsen's out there, which which is obviously an ode to you know Utah's best custard um, down on on Highland Drive in in South Salt Lake. Um, you know, they've got some some tremendous frozen custard so um yeah now everybody knows i like i said you know i try to eat healthy 90 percent of yeah. the time but you know you yeah. can catch me snacking on on dessert um if if i feel like i've earned it throughout the day you know i actually 
threw on threw on the pads a little bit today with with the guys. I played some staff basketball, so you know I think tonight before I, I hit the hit the hay, it might be a little little snacking on some ice cream. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it, if I if I remember right, I, I won't ruin it. But is is Nielsen's the same call from a couple years ago? this one yes it is yes okay exactly all right you know you're on the yeah (laughs) i know i know okay yeah how could i I doubt you tim you're you're the man you're on the end you know what's up yeah so so anyone who comes out to salt lake city you know treat yourself to some nielsen uh well maybe five miles from campus or so maybe 10 exactly yeah exactly and and let it be known they're not paying me to say that you know that's just my personal endorsement oh yeah for sure try it out for yourself (laughs) <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, last last little bit here. Any any books you're reading? Any you know podcasts? Any blogs that you're you're looking at, at for inspiration? Something that's touched you lately? Um, yeah, I obviously the Utah Lacrosse podcast is um, <laughs> up there on my, on my list of you know podcasts that I hit. Um, I think right now as as we get into season, it's it's a good time because we're flying across country, like I said, and um, there's opportunities for you to listen to podcasts or, or read books. Um, so right now, I actually just picked up a book. It's called um, It Takes What It Takes. Um, and, and the subtitle is How to Think Neutrally and, and Gain Control of Your Life. Um, it's kind of like, a, I wouldn't necessarily say like a self-help, I guess it's probably a self-help book, but it's like sports related. Um and the guy who wrote it is is Trevor Moad. I'm looking at it right here, and he's he's pretty much the mental sports performance coach for Russell Wilson, uh, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. And I think anybody that's watched the NFL over the past four to five years, you know, and and watched the the Seahawks play, like they're never out of a game because he's arguably the the most clutch quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes maybe might have something to say about that, but. It's been a it's been a good read for me so far. Just um, just with some tidbits here and there, you know. I again, I I try to draw inspiration from you know athletes that are the best at their craft, and and Russell Wilson's been a guy that that has consistently performed at a high level year after year for like I said the past five or six years. So um, I'm enjoying that. How about you? What are you reading right now? Anything? Yeah, you know, I picked up the Tiger Woods uh, biography. Oh, cool! Wow. So I. Yeah, I haven't quite dived into it yet, but uh, that's that's the next book on my list. Um, nice. You know, the the PLL doing the Unbuckled um, podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, cool. so that that's been a good one too. You know, um, hearing hearing about like Ryder Ganji's story, like it's super yeah. interesting. To me, so yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been into into lately. So cool. Uh, any, anything else? Yeah, anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it for me. I, th- I think I have my, my quote on the, the time limit here. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate oh, it. Yeah. And this is, this is great for, for our fans and our program. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a great tool that, you know, some other um, collegiate programs might not have. So I appreciate you having me on and, and, you know, showcasing kind of what we're all about here. Yeah. You know, that's why we did it uh, to get the, the fans more in-depth look into the program and, and kind of you guys and, uh, we'll have some players on in upcoming weeks, which I'm I'm super stoked nice. for. Uh, awesome. Where can uh, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, I'm at Marcus Holman one, so pretty simple there on on Twitter and Instagram is where I I spend most of my time on social media. Easy, easy peasy. There you go. 
That'll work. Okay. Uh, join us this Saturday as the youth take on Air Force at Rice Stadium at noon. And don't be sure to follow us on social media as well, at Youth Holocross. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If Facebook's your thing, look up University of Utah Men's Lacrosse. Coach, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you Saturday. Of course, Tim. Let's go. We're fired up for Saturday. Go Utes. Ha, ha, ha.